0: Welcome to the New Point Community Church Podcast. This message is part of our series, Life is Complicated, We Can Help. We want to thank you for joining us, and we hope you continue to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ. Hey, New Point, I want to welcome each and every one of you, all of you who are at our physical locations as well as those of you who are joining us online. And I want to give an extra special welcome to all of the moms. We want you to know that we love you so, so much, and we wish you a very, very happy Mother's Day. Now, being a parent is a tough job. We know that here at New Point, and we're committed in helping you be the spiritual leader of your family. And we know it's a tough job, tough job. Matter of fact, being a mom is exhausting. It can be a thankless job. We know that. It can be tiring. It's one of the hardest things that anyone has ever embraced. And so we want you to know how much we appreciate you and how much we love you. We want you to know, though, that it's a role that you cannot delegate to anyone. You see, I I believe that A parent, a mom, or a father has the greatest potential in impacting their sons and daughters like no one else can. And when you and I effectively walk in that role, as you effectively walk in the role of a mom, or maybe you're a father, what happens is you have the potential to change the course of that son or of that daughter's life. And so you have a huge part in shaping their world. You have a huge part in shaping the next generation. And I want you to know that here at New Point, we are committed to coming alongside of you and helping you fulfill that role as a mother or as a father. We know that it's hard. We know that it's difficult. We know that, you know what? You can do a lot of things and they can go unnoticed. But I want you to know, mom, that you're making a difference. I want you to know, parent, you're making a difference. You're contributing in an incredible, unbelievable way. And it's really, really important, and it's very, very significant. Now, we're in the series called Fruitful, And this is so important because every mom needs this. Matter of fact, every dad needs this. I'll even go so far as saying every person needs this. And we're talking about the truth that if you and I are Christ followers, there's something in you and there's something in me that should be evident, that the Holy Spirit is going to be producing in each and every one of the followers of Christ. And so how fitting today on Mother's Day that we're gonna talk about kindness. The fruit, kindness. Now, for many of us, I know it's the case for me. My mom was the kindest person I ever met. And she was very, very, very kind to me. And when we think of kindness, we have a tendency to think of what? The word nice. Well, they're very, very nice. And while nice is a great place to start, it's much bigger and broader, and deeper than just being nice. You know, we spoke a few weeks ago on the fruit called love, and love is that fruit that all of these other ones come from, and they all are produced out of this single one called love. Paul says it like this. He says, love is patient, and love is kind, and so kindness is no exception. It comes from a heart of love. And when you and I are loving, we're gonna act in a kind way because you can act in a kind way without loving, but you cannot love without being kind. They go together. And so we wanna be known, those of us who know Jesus Christ, we wanna be known as people who genuinely care and love other people. Because when we do that, We have the opportunity to reshape culture. We have an opportunity to impact our world. And as a church, you and I are called to do that. We are called to be kind to one another. And that's what makes us irresistible. You see, that's what made Jesus irresistible. He was kind. You know, the world shouldn't look at the church and say, wow, what a building, or what programs they have, or what ministries they have. They should marvel at how kind we are to one another. But that doesn't happen always, does it? I think we would all agree with that. You know, that the church hasn't always expressed, quote unquote, kindness. And maybe you as a Christ follower hasn't always expressed kindness because we live in a culture that craves success and status and strength. And so when we crave that, many times I think we opt out for being polite or nice and not being kind. You see, what happens is kindness can be minimized. It can be toned down. It can be undervalued. It can be drained of its meaning. It can be reduced to some random act of kindness. But anyone, okay, anyone can step out of themselves for a moment and do an act of kindness because we know somebody's watching us and we want to perform for them and we want to send the message that maybe we're a kind person. But it's much harder for that kindness to pulsate out of your veins and overflowing out of your heart. And being clearly seen by those around you on a consistent basis that we're kind. See, I I can be kind for a moment. The question is does it overflow out of my heart? Is it clearly seen by the people that I interact with, that I live with, that I work with? You see, if we operate from a mindset of kindness, listen to me, it has the potential to change everything. It did 2,000 years ago. And it does today as well. And you might say, why? Because it is in the moment expression of love. Kindness is in the moment of an expression of love. And so kindness is huge. Kindness is love in action. Love in action. And that's who Jesus is. And that's why we're looking at fruitful, the fruit of the Spirit. You see, Jesus was a master storyteller, and, and, and he would tell stories to get his point across. And he shared this story in, in Luke, and Luke records it. then. Here's what Luke says. Jesus replied and said, There was once a Jewish man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho when bandits robbed him along the way. They beat him severely. They stripped him naked and left him half dead. Soon a Jewish priest walking down the same road came upon the wounded man. Seeing him from a distance, the priest, check this out, crossed on the other side of the road and walked right past him, not turning to help him one bit. Jesus continues. Later, a religious man, a Levite, came walking down the same road and likewise crossed to the other side to pass by the wounded man without stopping to help him. Finally, another man, Samaritans, came upon the bleeding man and was moved with what? Tender compassion for him. He stooped down and gave him first aid, pouring olive oil on his wounds, disinfecting them with wine, abandoning them to stop the bleeding. Lifting him up, he placed him on his own donkey and brought him to an inn. Then he took him from his donkey and carried him to a room for the night. The next morning, he took his own money from his own wallet and gave it to the innkeeper with these words, take care of him until I come back from my journey. If it costs more than this, I will repay you when I return. So now, this is Jesus talking, okay? Tell me which one of the three men who saw the wounded man provided to be the true neighbor the religious scholar responded, the one who demonstrated kindness and mercy. And Jesus said, go and what? Do as he. Wow. This is such a great, incredible example of how you and I can miss opportunities in our life to be kind and to be able to show mercy You see, here you have two types of people. You have a priest and you have a a Levite. You, You have two people who basically are representing God. Their title means that they're representing God. And guess what? They failed and they failed miserably because God is kind. It's love in action. And when God wants to display his love and kindness, he wants to do it through people who know him, people who are followers of him. And these two guys, they blew it. They had an opportunity to represent God and they failed. You know, they made all kinds of excuses, religious excuses. You know, well, I need to go to the temple or maybe I I need to be at this event or "I, I need to do this. And busyness will always, listen to me, busyness will always keep you from being kind. And so no doubt they had all of these thoughts. You know, well, God will send somebody else. God will will meet their need in another way. Or maybe they even had a judgmental experience and said, you know what? The guy's probably reaping what he sowed. But Jesus tells us, that the one who responded with kindness was the unlikeliest person to respond. He was a Samaritan. Matter of fact, the religious scholar, when Jesus asked which one was the good neighbor, he couldn't even echo those words. He couldn't even speak those words. And yet Jesus said, you know, it was a Samaritan. And you and I know the story as what? The good Samaritan. And you might might not understand the relationship between the Jews and the Samaritans, but they were at each other. They despised one another. And yet here you have a Samaritan doing the kind thing, even though it was his enemy, so to speak, in their society. You see, I, I love this quote here from Jerry Bridges. He says this, We tend to be concerned about our problems, our plans, our agenda. That was the Levite and the priest. But the person who has grown in the grace of kindness has expanded his thinking outside of himself and his interests and has developed a genuine interest in the happiness and the well-being of those around him. That was the Samaritan. And here's what I want us to get today. There are dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of opportunities for you and I to be kind to the people around us. And if you are a Christ follower, we're called to represent God. And when we are kind to other people, it's as though God is working through you and me. And yet we read in this story that the priest and the Levite they walked on the other side of the road. So let me ask you a question. What side of the road are you walking on? Is your desire for more and more and bigger and better keep you from being kind? You're so consumed with your plans, your agenda, your problems, that you don't have time to be kind for someone else You see, I'm telling you, listen, Christ followers should be known for their kindness. But are we? That's the question. When when people think of you, or they think of me, or they even hear the word Christian, is the first thing that they think about is kindness? Would you say that? You know, when you hear the word Christian, does the first thing that pops into your mind is, they're kind, or is it they're arrogant, they're judgmental, they're condescending, they're insensitive, they're aloof, they lack compassion. You see, that should not be said of any Christ follower. It should be said of you and me that we are people who are filled with kindness. sad to say in many places the perception is they're argumentative, they're judgmental, they hate. The word kindness doesn't come from their lips. And so the question that I have to ask of myself and I want to ask of you today, is kindness evident in your life? Is that what people see? Is that their experience with you when you interact with other people? He's a kind person. She's a kind woman. So that those stereotypes of being condescending and judgmental won't even stick. You see, one of the early church fathers said that there was a little bit of confusion in the word Christian back in, in Jesus' day when it first was given birth and happening. And and, and so many people, instead of calling people Christ people, you know what they called them? Kindness people. And, And so they would call a Christ follower, well, that's a kindness person instead of a Christ person. Wouldn't that be refreshing today? If people who knew Christ, experienced Christ, followed Christ, that we wouldn't be called Christians? That we would be called kindness people. You see, listen to me. Our calling, my calling, your calling is to live in such a way that when people think about you and me as Christ followers, one of the first things that would pop into their mind is they're kind, they're loving. You see, Paul says it like this in Ephesians He says, Because of his kindness, you have been saved through trusting Christ. You see, the fact of the matter is we can be kind because God has been kind to you and me. It's the characteristic of God. I love this quote here. It says, we are kind not because someone deserves kindness, that's being polite or nice, or because of what we get in return. Well, if I'm kind to you, you'll be kind to me. That's not kindness but because of what God has done and who we are in Christ. You see, listen to me. Kindness is the fruit of the Spirit. And God wants to develop this. He wants to produce this in you and me. He doesn't want you just to be nice. He doesn't want us just to be thoughtful. He doesn't want us just to be polite. He wants us to be kind. And kindness means connecting. It means being conscious and intentional about the impact of my words and my actions and how I relate to people. It's about expending energy and effort and caring about the outcome. It's about suspending judgment and accepting people right where they are. And listen to me, kindness, this is why it's different than being polite or nice. Kindness can be messy, it can be awkward. It forces us to take a risk of vulnerability. You see, kindness is love in action. Love in action. God wants to produce that in your life. He wants to produce that in my life. Kindness is love in action. It's a practical expression of love. It's visible. It's active. It's not necessarily emotional. And so what does a person of kindness look like? How do we walk in the spirit so this will be manifested in our lives to a world that is desperately in need of kindness? Let me give you some things. First of all, it means be caring, be caring. Look at what Paul says in Philippians 2, 4. Each of you, that's me, that's you, each of you should not only look after your own interests, but also the interests of others. When you care, you look out for other people. You don't pretend that you don't see that need. You see that need, and you know what you do? You are kind towards that person. You're kind towards that individual. You see, we, we live in an information age, which means that our culture glorifies knowledge. Matter of fact, We glorify it in the church. The more that you know, the more successful you are, the more that you know about the Bible, the more mature you are. And yet Paul counters that. Look at what Paul writes about it. He says, but while knowledge makes us feel important, it is love that strengthens the church. It's not knowledge, it's love. Anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't really know very much. It's like the saying, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's why people were intrigued with Jesus, because they knew how much he cared. And so they were interested in his thoughts, in his teachings. And so how do we walk in the Spirit? so that kindness will be expressed. We have to care. And then secondly, be encouraging. To be kind is to to be caring, but to be encouraging. Encouraging with our words. Ephesians 4.29 says this, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs. See, we can say things that are nice and polite, but it's not for the other person. We're really manipulating them. We want something from them. And so I realize I have to be nice to you if I'm going to get what I want. I need to be polite if I'm going to get what I want. That's not what he's talking about here. He says, according to their needs, that it may benefit those who what? Who listens. So what is he talking about here? He's talking about the fact that you and I have the opportunity to either build people up or tear people down. That we can be supportive and we can encourage one another in our words. Words are powerful. Proverbs says this. It says, kind words bring life, but cruel words crush your spirit. You see, nobody likes to be put down. Nobody likes to be at the end of a sarcastic remark. You know, we've all heard that saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie. That's a lie. And so we want to build one another up with our words. We don't want to destroy one another. We want to give other people an emotional lift. We want to encourage them. We want to be supportive. So let me ask you a question. Are you the kind of person who builds people up with your words? Or do you tear people down with your words? And again, you know what? We can do it in a joking manner. We can be sarcastic and we get our message across. And really, we're tearing people down. We're hurting people. And so how supportive are you with your words? Do you lift up? You tear down. Do you brag on your children or do you nag your children? You see, listen, listen to me very carefully. If God gave you a dollar for every kind word that you spoke that built other people up, or if he took a dollar from you for every unkind word that you spoke to other people, would you find yourself being rich or would you find yourself being poor? You see, if we're going to be kind, we're going to have to learn to be sensitive. We're going to have to learn how to be supportive. We're, we're going to have to realize that that kindness can build a bridge in every relationship, especially kind words. And then here's the third one. That is to be honest. To be kind is to be caring, to be encouraging, and to be honest. Listen, listen to me. A, listen to me. A kind person tells the truth. Sometimes. Kindness means being candid, being straightforward. It means laying it on the line. It means telling the truth, the whole truth. It means giving the last 10%. It means leveling with people. You see, listen to me. Sometimes the most kindest thing that you can do is to be very straightforward with your spouse or your friend or your mom or your dad or your son or your daughter or your coworker and tell them exactly what they need to hear because you care for them. Look at what Proverbs has to say. Wounds from a friend are better than kisses from an enemy. You see, listen, a real friend will level with you. They'll say, hey, you know what? You're messing up. You're blowing up. You're making the biggest mistake of your life. You don't wanna go down that path. Hey, you know what? You need to take a chill pill. You need to relax. You see, it's, it's like going to your doctor. If you went to your doctor and you went for an examination and, and let's say that, that he, he saw a, a spot on your lung, what's the kinder thing to say? Hey, you know what, Dwight? Thanks for coming in. I don't see anything that you need to be concerned about. Or would the kinder thing be, hey, Dwight, you know what? As we did the examination, I saw a spot on your lung and I think we need to do some surgery. See, I, I want him to tell me the truth. If he doesn't tell me the truth, I don't think he's very kind. He doesn't care about me, even though it may be hard, even though it may be awkward, even though it may be tough. And so what happens is I need to be able to apply myself to that and then let him do the surgery and let him cut on me and even hurt me, not harm me, but hurt me. Why? Because he's doing the kind thing. You see, sometimes we don't realize that kindness is telling the painful truth to our spouse, to our son, to our daughter, to our coworker, to our friends. You see, maybe you're in a marriage, and I've counseled a lot of marriage partners, and maybe you just need to tell your your spouse, hey, you know what? This isn't working. We're not on the same page. I'm struggling and to really lay all the cards on the table out of kindness because you care for your marriage. Or maybe mom, dad, you need to sit down with your son or daughter and level with them and tell them the truth and to be able to be straightforward with them. You see, how do you know when you should confront somebody? How how do you know when when, when you should should be able to, to be honest and to be able to tell them the whole truth Well, you ask yourself, am I committed to them? Am I committed to working through the process? Or is it going to be a hit and run? Am I just going to, you know, spill the beans and then say, see you later? Or am I going to be committed to hanging around and saying, hey, you know what? I've helped you identify a problem here. I've been honest with you. I've been truthful with you. And now I want to help you to work through the process because I'm not going to allow you to destroy yourself or your marriage. And so we need to realize that kindness sometimes is just being flat out honest, being candid, because I care. And it's an act of kindness. Let me give you this last one, and that is to be proactive, to be proactive. And what I mean by that is don't wait to show kindness. Do it now. Do it now. Ask God to open up your eyes. Ask God to open up your heart because there's all kinds of opportunities for you and me to be able to do kindness. And we can't let our agenda or our plans or our pressures or our problems interfere with that. Paul says it like this in Galatia. He says, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Notice the phrase, as we have what? opportunity. You see, listen, you're going to feel the nudge of the Holy Spirit in your life to be able to say, you need to write them a note. You need to give them a call. You need to fix them a meal. Maybe today you need to call mom. You need to tell mom that you love her. You need to tell mom that you appreciate all that she has done. And what happens if you're not careful, you'll put that off. You won't be proactive and you'll get to a point of where you feel embarrassed to even bring it up anymore. And so that opportunity will have what? Come and gone. And so I would encourage you not to do that. Don't wait for the last moment. Be proactive. Do it right now. Do it right now. You see, scripture tells you and I, you know what? You're going to have plenty of opportunity and you have to be. Proactive. And so when you have that slightest inclination, when the Holy Spirit nudges you, do it because you're not going to be around forever. When maybe the Spirit says, mow the lawn, do it. Wash the car, do it. Take her out to eat, do it. Send the card, do it. Do it. You see, the questions I've been asking myself is this. Why am I not kinder? And I have to tell you the honest truth. Many times it's because of busyness. It's because of busyness. And if you don't get anything else, I'm telling you, busyness will keep you and I from being kind. It kept the Levite and the priest from being kind. Because we end up saying, I've got my problems. I've got my pressures. I've got my plans. I'm too busy. I've got to get to this. I've got to get to that. I wish I had more time, but I don't. You see, kindness starts with being aware and seeing the opportunity and being proactive. Listen, our world is filled with people who need to be shown the kindness of Jesus. And he wants to produce that kind of fruit in your life and in my life. And so moms, guess what? I want to thank you for your kindness. I wanna thank you for all that you have done for us, how you've gone the second mile, that, that you allowed us to interrupt your plans. And even when you had problems, you continued to act with kindness and we cannot say thank you enough. And so thank you moms. Maybe today though, you're here and you've never experienced the kindness of Christ. You see, this is not something that you can just psych yourself up to be. It's the power of God's spirit working in you and me. And maybe today you need to experience God's kindness. You say, Dwight, how do I do that? You pray a simple prayer. God, as much as I know how and as much as I understand, I invite Jesus into my life. I ask him to forgive me of my sins. I ask him to fill me with his spirit and begin to produce the fruit of the Spirit in my life. Listen, I promise you, if you live a life of kindness, you'll make a difference. You'll make an impact. Matter of fact, you know what? You will be contagious. If you want to talk to someone about a decision you've made or let us know how God's moving through this series, visit newpoint.org forward slash contact. Be sure to stay connected with us throughout the week on social media. Download our app, subscribe to our weekly podcasts through the App Store or Google Play, or catch us on Roku or Apple TV. Thanks for listening to today's message, and we hope you continue to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ.